You're listening to She is Courageous, a podcast designed to help you step out in boldness, pursue your calling, and grow in faith so that you can be an authentic follower of Jesus. Hosted by Rachel Rupert. Well, hi everyone. Thanks for joining me today. Buckle up. We have a lot going on in this episode and I am just really excited to get started. I've shared in a recent blog post a staggering statistic. According to Pew Forum, nearly 70% of the U.S. population identifies themselves as some form of Christian. With this number so high, you would think the image of the church and believers would be better than what it is today. But in reality, this percentage is a clear indicator that we have a lot of people who identify as a Christian, but don't have a clear expression of that in their day-to-day life. It raises some questions. Does this number accurately reflect the number of people who have prayed the salvation prayer? If it is, then they rightly do identify as Christian, but something's missing. Is Christianity limited to one prayer, or is it more than that? Which makes me ask the question, what does it truly mean to be a Christian? Matthew 28 is famous for the Great Commission, one of Jesus' last instructions to the disciples. In verse 19, Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you, and remember, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Now, this is a packed verse, but what I want to point out is the instruction to make disciples. The rest of the verse explains what this looks like. Baptize them in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them Jesus' commandments. Continuing on through the rest of the New Testament, we see the early church actively carrying out this commission. Thousands are saved and baptized, both in water and with the Holy Spirit. They share the teachings of Jesus, and apostles like Paul, Barnabas, Peter, and many others make their way around the Roman Empire to share this message, edify the churches, and continue to preserve the essence of the gospel and its doctrine. So much of the momentum of the gospel was carried through intimacy with God. How many of the major carriers of our faith were rooted in prayer and relationship with God? How many were led by the Spirit and so confident of their faith that they faced every challenge with assurance that God was with them? Even until their deaths, they remained steadfast. I hate to break it to you, but faith like this does not happen passively. It takes intentionality. It takes sacrifice. It takes exactly what Jesus said in Matthew 24. If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. I personally feel like for many in the church, we've forgotten just what this means. I know, I've been there. I've been that Christian who thinks that Jesus paved a way to an easy life for me. I've had the thought before that Jesus was this latte-sipping, politically correct, non-controversial Jesus who obviously believed everything I did, liked what I liked, and fit in with my people. I thought that having a good church with loud worship and flashy lights was pretty much the same setup as heaven. We want Christianity to fit into our bubble, our preferences, and then when something happens that contradicts it, It can be like tossing a grenade on everything. In an instant, the illusion is shattered and we have to face the reality of what it truly means to follow God. 
I find it so interesting that churches and pastors so frequently spend time on the comfortable parts of the Bible while completely glossing over the fact that the Bible is full of suffering. It's full of pain. It's full of people's faith being tested. It's full of loss and heartache and grief. We talk a lot about the miracles of Jesus, the way he meets the woman at the well, the way he ministers to the broken, he heals diseases, but we don't talk about the times when he doesn't. We don't talk about John the Baptist being left in prison, doomed to be executed after he spent his whole life preparing the way for Jesus. We don't talk about the prophets of the Old Testament who were mandated by God to live lives as outcasts, so burdened by the message of God, hated by their people, and often killed or exiled. You may think, why go there? Why focus on that? Because this is where our relationship with God grows. Yes, our relationship with God can grow in the most fruitful, fulfilling seasons. But it's those hard times, the times when everything is stripped away, the times when we find ourselves in the pit of ugly, desperate grief that we're faced with a choice. You see, it's easy to follow God when you feel like he's filling your life with blessings. But what about when he's not? From personal experience, I'll tell you that these moments are the times when you see God more clearly. You see God as God, not as this figment of your imagination or this abstract person who's there when you want him, but you don't really talk to him much. When life is going well, it's easy to forget about God. When life is hard, you depend on him. You see him more clearly. It's like when you find yourself at the bottom of this pit, your only vantage point is to look up and you begin to understand his sovereignty. You realize that he's God and we aren't. In our pain, God takes his rightful place as the one on the throne, the one who created everything, and we become aware of our status as the created. The beauty of this moment isn't feeling small, but that God, in his greatness and infinite goodness, still chooses to love us. He still cares for us so deeply. He still knows each of us by name, and he's deeply involved in our lives and in our pain. We should never forget God's place in our lives. He isn't just a part of our lives. He's the very reason for our lives. He's the reason we exist. Without God, I wouldn't be sitting here speaking these words to you now. We're all guilty of this, getting so busy or distracted with our daily lives that we begin to lose sight of Jesus and his call to take up our cross. Our ultimate goal as believers should be to grow in sanctification, to be worthy not only of the Christian label, but to be worthy to be called his disciples, or as Jesus says in John 15, his friends. I feel like it's necessary to take a pause here and ask a critical question. What are churches doing to help people grow this relationship with God? Are we being given the tools to grow? If we go back and think about that initial percentage I shared, that nearly 70% of the American population is identifying as Christian, there's a problem here. I've noticed a shift in a lot of churches over the last several years. As churches become larger and adopt this mega church mentality in their efforts to streamline their reach, they've done themselves a major disservice. Think about it. 
I've seen many churches take on a more evangelistic approach. Their target is on bringing new people in. They target these people, they lure them in with a special guest area, a special gift, and they record their attendance. They are sure to have salvation calls on the big weekends, Christmas and Easter, when there's a lot of guests coming. Then, shortly after, they push for baptism on the heels of these salvations. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. All of these things are important, but I'm no stranger to church metrics either. Churches track their attendance, their number of salvations, new guests, and baptisms as a gauge for their success and involvement in the church. These things are indicators of growth, but not of depth. The problem is that these things alone ignore the discipleship process, and if they aren't careful, the church can be a great place to start a relationship with God, but quickly becomes a place where people grow stagnant. And I feel like that's where a lot of us are. We don't need a bunch of surface-level Christians. We need deep, devoted lovers of Jesus who have learned his character and his nature. Don't you agree that this is a better way to spread the gospel than just some good branding and marketing? If you know me and you followed me for any length of time on social media, then you know I've been following along with Christianity Today's podcast, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. This podcast is interesting for a number of reasons, but one of the things I find the most fascinating is how church culture seems to revolve around celebrity pastors and the danger that comes with this. This podcast put it so perfectly when it said how dangerous it is when leaders are put on a platform whose charisma outpaces their character. It's just my observation, and I completely reserve the right to be wrong here, that in many larger churches, it seems like people come to church to hear from the pastor more than they come to hear from God. What's worse is when the pastor themselves promote this mentality. I'm not saying every popular pastor is like this. I'm not even saying that having books and merchandise is is necessarily bad. But we have to ask ourselves, what's their motivation? I'm at this place in my life where I am unwilling to operate on blind trust as it relates to churches and church leadership. I don't have time to get into this topic now. I do plan on it in a future episode. But what I'm trying to do here is bring an awareness to you, the Christ follower. Remember, at the end of the day, the only person who's responsible for their relationship with Jesus is you. So surround yourself with things, people, and leaders who will point you in the way of the cross. Don't get comfortable with the culture of passivity. Don't fall into the habit of coming to church for the sake of going, but not really connecting with God. You need to find rich waters, you need to drink deeply, and you need to get discipled. Now, I know there are two sides of the coin here, and as equally as pastors need to be giving people the tools to connect with God, we need to be taking our faith into our own hands. A lot of people claim to be Christian, and whether that's truthful or not, the reality is they aren't living a Christian lifestyle. Now, wait a second. Do not go down the rabbit hole. Stay with me here. I am not going to be talking about our views on different political issues. This is not about the mainstream culture and what you believe about LGBTQ. I'm talking about the way we as Christians relate to people as a representative of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 22, 37 through 40, Jesus gives us the two greatest commandments. 
He says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets depend on these two commands. I don't think Christians as a whole are very good at either of these things. I think we're good at loving ourselves and justifying what feels right to us. When it comes to relating to other people and to loving others, Christians are absolutely terrible at this, no better than the Pharisees. Politics has been the greatest revealer of this truth. It's ironic that so many believers can share inspiring, faith-filled messages, post about standing up for their love of God, and then you can see in the same breath that person treating someone terribly in a Facebook comment. True story, I've seen Facebook friends who will share all this encouraging scripture and spend so much time with these beautifully worded posts, yet they comment the most disrespectful, hateful things on something posted by the president. I've even had someone go as far as to call me evil because I disagreed with their view on something. Then they went back and tried to justify it by saying it was because I'm wrong. Can I just say this? I don't understand why so many people believe that being a Republican is equal to being a Christian. It's not. Christians want to stand for their morals and hey, I agree with you, but we should do this in the church, in our actions, and in our own personal lives, not by trying to make everyone comply to our manufactured set of rules while simultaneously treating people like garbage. That my friends is just plain hypocrisy. This morning, I was reading a Bible study on the Sermon on the Mount. Today's entry was about believers being the salt of the earth. I love what it said here. The first thing salt does is preserve. Salt preserves things from decay, and in the same way, our lives as believers are meant to shine into the world around us. This does not mean that our lives have the power to bring lasting change into the world. Only Jesus can do that. But the world gets a glimpse of who Jesus is through our lives. Our greatest mission as believers isn't what we do. It's who we are and who we represent. Our focus should mirror that of what Paul says in Romans 12. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed. Transformation through sanctification lies at the heart of our path to discipleship. This simple saying that actions speak louder than words has always proven itself true. Friend, if you're a believer, if you love Jesus, Focus on being more like him. Live your life as a mirror of his heart and character. Love people even when it's hard and they don't deserve it. These things speak more about who we are and more importantly, who Jesus is than anything else. Well, that's all I have for today. And thanks for listening. I hope this encouraged you and inspired you to continue digging deeper in your relationship with God. If you're looking for new tools and resources to help you grow in your faith, you are not alone. Check out my website at sheiscourageous.com. If you visit this podcast show notes, I'll link the Sermon on the Mount study I mentioned earlier, as well as some of my favorite Bible studies. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love if you could leave me a review and subscribe so that next time I post an episode, you'll get a notification. And if you really enjoyed it, feel free to share it on social media, text it to a friend, or do whatever it is you do when you share. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.